This episode of the Culture Soup Podcast is brought to you by L. Michelle Smith, Executive and Business Coach. Yes, to celebrate the new services that I'm offering as a professional coach trained by the ICF accredited CAP Institute, we are launching a new episode of the Culture Soup Podcast. It will debut May 14th, 2019 on Tuesday and every second Tuesday of the month, I will be on the air alone and sometimes with a guest to hack your career and small business goals. That's right. Whether you are a corporate manager or you are an entrepreneur or you are both Maybe you're trying to decide how to make the leap. I am trained to coach you in a process that is creative, enriched in tenets of positive psychology, and also goal-oriented. You'll want to learn more about my coaching services at lmichellesmith.com slash coaching. Find out my why. It's very important that you have someone along your journey with you that will help you create choices that will deliver freedom. Don't you think it's time that you owned your career, your brand, and your journey? I'll be your secret weapon. Tune in May 14th, every second Tuesday. Hey, y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2007. Our client at the time was Alberto Culver. You know, the brand that became Unilever. They had a portfolio of multicultural hair care products that my agency was agency of record for. But instead of hair care, this time, they were going to do something different. They were going to launch a skincare line under the brand soft and beautiful. This would be the first time to have any kind of skin care, but it made sense because hair and skin are typically, you know, um, dealt with together, especially from a medical perspective, which makes sense for the influencer that we engaged. Mind you, back then we didn't call them influencers. She was a spokesperson She was a dermatologist. Dermatologists take care of hair and skin in a medical way. That's important. I want you to meet my friend, Dr. Dina Strong. Dr. Dina is what I like to call her. She is smart as a whip, but she's made it her personal journey to check the fakery online. 
Yeah. As much as I talk about authenticity, you have to know you got to deal with the fakery first. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, board certified dermatologist, Harvard and Yale educated, Dr. Dina Strong, MD. All right, everybody, I am thrilled to have my friend, Dr. Dina Strong, with me. And she's a Harvard and Yale educated, board certified dermatologist who's internationally known. She's a healthcare consultant and a best selling author. How are you doing today, Dina? It's so good to see you. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me in your awesome podcast. Awesome. Well, Dina, I am so thrilled to have you on here. You know, we go back a long time. I'm thinking it's around about 13 years or so I've known you. That's right. That's do you, right. Do you remember what it was? Um, you hired me for Alberto Culver's skincare product launch. That's right. Oh, my goodness. So Alberto Culver, I think we've mentioned before, got gobbled up by Unilever, so it doesn't really exist anymore. But at the time, we were working for Soft and Beautiful. Um, it was hair care at first, and then they branched out into skincare, so they had lotions and and emollients and all of these good things to make your skin beautiful, right? Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, well, before we get too deep into it, Dr. Dina, and I like to call you Dr. Dina, is that okay? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> okay, awesome. Let's have a culture soup moment. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, awesome. So, you are in medical aesthetics, right? So, you deal in skincare for your health, but also for beauty. Wouldn't you agree? medical and cosmetic dermatology. There so. you go. There you go. So I have noticed that there are an abundance of apps out there where you can download them and make yourself look better, if you will. <laughs> make your pictures look better before you put them on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Whether it's thinning out your, th- your figure, making it more curvy, or even making your skin clearer, or, you know, some people even doctor their eyes. Some big celebrities have been accused of this kind of thing, but it also shows that people really want to look good. But one thing I noticed in these apps, and don't ask me why I opened one myself, is that I noticed that there are a lot of plastic surgeons and other types of doctors that will do tummy tucks that advertise on these platforms. And I was reading recently and I saw a a LinkedIn article that you wrote that sometimes the lines are blurred when it comes to doctors. Is that true? Well, that's right. Like, of course, in this industry where, you know, a lot of things in medicine, you hear about how hard it is to make a living and people not wanting to deal with insurance, mm-hmm. people get attracted to things that are cash pay. Mm. So, you know, you, you can charge direct cash to do medical aesthetics or cosmetic things that are not covered by insurance. And a lot of times people who don't have the training to do them, you know, specifically say someone who's core trained would mm-hmm. be a dermatologist a plastic surgeon, maybe an oculoplastic surgeon who would just do cosmetic things around the eyes, and some head and neck surgeons have core cosmetic training. Other people, you know, kind of want to come into this marketplace because they're, you know, interested in the money and the the, the training that mm-hmm. they get to those procedures. Mm-hmm. It's regulated, not as clear, and they, in their marketing, they kind of blur the lines a little bit mm-hmm. about about who they are, 
and what their qualifications are to make the public feel maybe a little bit safer than they should in their yeah. hands. Well, you know, it's interesting <laughs> because I think with social media and the internet in general, we just find that we have to be careful, right? Everybody needs to be vetted. Um, so much of it is, like some people say, other people's highlight reels. So we really don't get to see what's really going on. But it's scary to find out. And by the way, everybody, this is the first MD that we've had on the Culture Soup Podcast. Very excited to have Dr. Dina. But there are people out there that are taking advantage of people with bogus credentials. Or maybe they've even skewed things. You know, it always makes me laugh to see someone just on their LinkedIn profile write Harvard educated. And then when you dig and peel back the onion, you find out that they may have taken an online course or maybe showed up on campus one day for like a leadership summit. Exactly. Are you finding that with doctors too? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have seen with some board certified doctors who are legitimate, maybe they focus on if it's a big name like Harvard or something like that, they'll focus on the the small thing that they did there, like maybe they did a, maybe they were there for a year mm-hmm. and they did a least course, but their core training was somewhere else. Yeah. They focus on that as if that's where their core training was. Mm. And you know like, what? Lay people don't know those nuances. We don't, we don't know to look for that and, and, and peel back that onion to really find out. That's really pretty scary. You know, I just left Atlanta, Georgia this weekend, I'm very excited because I started my professional um, coaching practice after getting training, like real training that is certified by, or accredited, I should say, by the International Coaches Federation, which is really, really important. But then it's an unregulated industry. So anybody can call themselves a coach. So unlike doctors, and I'm sure a coach can't come in and just, 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 mutilate you but (laughs) they might be able to you know lead you down the wrong path and the one thing that that really um makes a coach professional is that there are contractual agreements there are goals that you set and you reach those goals together and there are expectations that are set before you engage with them um i guess you know without really checking on someone Perhaps they're out there giving advice that could get someone in trouble. And, and, you know, that sounds like it's minor compared to what damage a doctor could do. I mean, you know, it all, everyone, everyone has their lane where whatever you're doing, you want someone good. You don't mm-hmm. want someone down the wrong path. But even with the name doctor, you have to be careful uh, that your doctor is the kind of doctor. Um, and usually it's a medical doctor that you're looking for because, you right. know, people are even blurring the lines and getting, yes. oh, but, you know, even, you know, I don't know if you know, like, what physician extenders are, like PAs and oh, nurse yeah. practitioners. PAs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have significantly less training. They're supposed to work under the supervision of a doctor in most states. And, you know, some of them are getting doctorates. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so in a clinical thing where they're allowed to prescribe and do certain medical things. And then they're kind of highlighting their credential as they, they, they have a doctorate in medical science, which is not yeah. a doctorate. And so it looks like they're a physician and technically they're a doctor, mm-hmm. but really not supposed to represent themselves in a clinical setting as if they were a physician, a medical wow. doctor. 
And so patients have to be careful. And, you know, some nurse practitioners are doing the same because they have a, a DNP, they're called. Yeah. Um, doctor of nursing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's not a physician. So right. they're, they're allowed, they have a certain, what we call a scope of practice, which mm -hmm. means the range of things you're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. But some people are, are, blurring it a little bit so that when you walk in as a patient, you might call them doctor and to themselves are saying, well, I am a doctor yeah. technically, but you're not the kind of doctor that you are expecting when you go in. Gee whiz. So this is just magnified online. People were already yes. doing it. Do you believe? Yeah, so I believe it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have all of your wonderful credentials lined up on your LinkedIn page. You probably have it on your website and anywhere else you appear. Do you find that it's, it's just absolutely necessary to put your credentials out there to just separate yourself from the ones that are out there, you know, just huckstering or whatever you might call it? I absolutely do. And frankly, I tend to want to be more humble about my credentials mm -hmm. and then when the recession of 2008 came around mm -hmm. and I saw people who didn't have the credentials, right. you know, jumping out to promote themselves in a way and people weren't aware of mine. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they're saying that they're this. And it's like, I actually am this and they're not. And they're, people are going to them. I actually had to dust off that humility and, you know, right. own the credentials. That's why I put it out there now, in the past, you know, well, I, I wasn't really that interested. And you, you bring up a really good point because there are those gawkers online that see those of us that are pretty active on social media and we're merchandising our work. And, you know, it's, a, it's imperative because one, you need to be found. But two, yes. people actually need to know that you're credible and that the work that you do offline is what you're truly reflecting online. And there are those that will say, oh my goodness, that's self-promotion. But then you're like me. I, I want to be authentic. I would love to be humble. But you know what? There are people <laughs> out there, even when public relations was all I was doing, there are people who will just take up the mantra of public relations consultant just because they can. And then yes. go, go into business. So those are your competitors too, right? Oh yeah. I mean, when, when, at one point when I was like kind of managing a lot of my website traffic mm -hmm. and I'm looking up, I was trying to see, okay, how am I ranking with other dermatologists with these terms? And I remember this one epiphany I had, I was looking up something in acne and with the dermatologists, like who were near me that I thought would attract the same kind mm -hmm. of patients, we had even the same getting the same amount of traffic, but there was just like outlier way up here. Mm -hmm. And I realized it wasn't a dermatologist. Wow. It was an eye doctor. What? Who had opened a med spa. I was going to ask you about a med spa. We're going to get to that <laughs> next, but really an eye doctor? An eye doctor who had opened a med spa and he referred his complications from his peels and acne treatments to me. Oh my goodness. Oh. And he had the traffic of the of the board certified dermatologist and that's when i really realized too he was just marketing like a yeah. beast mm -hmm. and he was getting found for acne yeah as an eye doctor wow above us. wow <laughs> okay note to self everybody get your google ads going 
because it makes a difference. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about these med spas. I mean, you yes. can do, you can get just about anything done in some of these places. I know people that go and get colonics, which, you know, is controversial. I know it's out of your realm. But are there services that you're seeing that are overlapping with the services that you give that maybe it's safer or probably more advised to go to an MD for? Yeah. So right, this is the issue with the med spa. It's it's called a med spa because it's it's more medical type treatments. Mm -hmm. And so someone is supposed to have a medical license mm. who's involved in that. The, the issue with, with med spas, and some dermatologists, board-certified dermatologists, plastic surgeons have med spas, there's nothing wrong with having a med spa. It's just that, one, when we think of spa treatments, and they've actually studied this, the, the public's perception of the safety of a procedure being done uh, is increased. Mm. The, the, you think it's safer if it's in a spa versus in a doctor's office. The same Safer? That's the perception because you wouldn't be able to do it in the spa if oh. it weren't safe. That's what you think of spa as retreat, relax, uh, drink some, Nobody's know, getting sick or being mutilated. No. <laughs> Everything's nice here. Everything's easy and safe. So one, people just may not kind of be aware, as vigilant as they might be if they went to a physician's office for the same thing. And then a lot of people who are not core physicians like I might market I'm a board certified dermatologist for someone to come to me someone who is a family practice doctor a radiologist mm -hmm. uh, a gynecologist isn't going to market I'm a uh, gynecologist come to my med spa because you don't necessarily connect those with aesthetic treatments yeah and probably they wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you but you know they are allowed to have one mm -hmm. so a lot of times they will have a med spa, but nobody there and not the most expert person really has that training, you know, that formal core training mm -hmm. in those procedures. They're allowed to have it. And sometimes the people that work for them are more experienced from them. So in the case of this eye doctor who was sending me complications, he had a med spa and the most experienced skincare person. And that was really more the focus of his med spa. Um, he did Lasix, which is eye, you know, mm -hmm. eye surgery, which was his expertise, but the rest was skin. He had this esthetician who was just out of school as the most expert person in his office oh. that he was supervising. So when she would mess up, he'd send it to me. Oh no! And, yeah, exactly. And you know, it was it was very it was very interesting. So again, it just gets a little bit more loosey goosey mm -hmm. than in an actual doctor's office. There's so, just more of an opportunity for You that. know what? Consumer alert. <laughs> we have been duly warned. <laughs> Do you have any hints for us? Any tips on how we can watch out for these things? Well, absolutely. Because if you know what credentials are, I'd say, ideal or like the more standard, then it's very easy. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a physician... They're going to be an MD mm -hmm. or a DO. Okay. And that's, DO is just an osteopath. It's just a different type of medical doctor, <clears throat> both medical doctors. And if they're board certified, board certified means that after medical school, you did an accredited residency training program mm -hmm. and you passed the boards, mm -hmm. right? 
So that which means is the got... board certified piece of yes, it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and that means that you're trained. That doesn't mean you're good. You know what I mean? But that's like, at least you know that that person was able to get a certain fund of knowledge. Yes. They were supervised by people who are already accredited and they were able to make it through and, you know, do the training. You know, there's some standards, like you're supposed right. to be exposed to certain things, right. not just like, you know, boo-boos, you know, right. board certification. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and you raise a really good point. You know, I, I like to say doctors and attorneys alike or any other profession, everybody didn't finish at the top of their class. So yeah, the yeah. good news is that we do have the internet. We can do a little digging, you know, to find out what's what, you know, sometimes you get some scrubs out there, no pun intended, <laughs> who are out there trying to do doctor's work, you know, which is kind of scary when your health is involved. I was um, in your beautiful city of New York City, um, probably about a month or two ago, and um, I was feeling some kind of way and it was the kind of way that I was familiar with. So I kind of knew what it might be. And I went in and I talked to the doctor as one of those, I don't I want to name the name of the place, but kind of an urgent care place. And they're like, okay, well, we'll take your insurance and all this good stuff. So I signed in, they called me back. And this guy recommended this uh, procedure. It, was a, it wasn't an MRI. It was some type of x-ray type of something because he was trying to say that I had kidney stones. Well, I... I'd had those a long time ago and I know what those are like, but then he prescribed some medicine to me and told me to come back the next day. And the medicine was something that you typically would prescribe for a man. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and I knew enough to at least question and I didn't go by and get that medicine at all. And turns out by the time I got home back to my doctor, and took the test, it was exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, urgent cares have been, become very popular because mm -hmm. ERs have closed down and we, you know, people work so much. So there's been this sort of drive towards uh, convenience culture. Mm -hmm. So you don't always get the most precise thing and they're not really trying to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of you know, churning through. I mean, they can have value you know what I mean? Yeah. If you are in a pinch and sometimes convenience is great, but you have to be careful. But honestly, I felt <laughs> like they were just trying to rack up the bill because as it turned out, I didn't have a copay. I didn't have any of that. They probably got a bit from the insurance company and I was gone, but they were going to turn it into coming the next day and get all of these tests and all of these things done. And I was like, and then that yeah. prescription, man, <laughs> like, yeah. really? You're going to give me what? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Dr. Dina, tell us more about yourself. You're you're not just a dermatologist. You're into a lot of things. Last I checked, you were writing a book. You, I think that's out there by now. It's a bestseller. And you yeah. were doing a, a, an internet show and working on websites. Tell us more about that. Well, <laughs> in my spare time, <laughs> right. to know how to you know, I, I actually wrote a book uh, last year, came out last year, called Moxie Mindset, Secrets to Building a Profitable Independent Physician's Practice in a Competitive Market. That's awesome. And, um, you know, that was 
that was like fun and a lot of work and interesting and you know it's it's been helpful to a lot of people. I've been very touched by a lot of the feedback I've gotten from people who want to start their own practices and even non-doctors who want to be entrepreneurs. And uh, up until early, earlier this year, I was on a show called The Tea, yeah. which was an online talk show book club that was, you know, I'd been on for some years and it was a lot of fun. I, I, I you know, I'm a little bit of a bookworm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guessed. And uh, we're just taking a little break from that. And right now, what I'm working on is um, something that I actually had launched years ago, I think over 15 years ago, when I first started my practice and the internet was, you know, somewhat new in terms of people mm -hmm. using it to, to market medical practices. Mm -hmm. um, and it's called findablackdoctor.com. It's oh, not I love up it. yet. I love look it. Look out. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 you know, the, the basic description is it helps, you know, connect patients and doctors and patients to the kind of doctors they're looking for. Okay. And I noticed this when I, I started my practice and I had a very basic website that my friend who was a teacher threw together from some dream, Dreamweaver course he took mm -hmm. back in the day on the skin. And I just had a picture up and I really didn't say much other than, hi, I'm a dermatologist, I'm here. And, um... I was getting emails from all over the world from people asking me if I knew a black doctor in Alabama, Hawaii, mm -hmm. Germany, and I was just like, "Why are people asking me?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, I had well, a picture you're a black, of, you're a black doctor, and you've got yeah. these great credentials. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how that showed up. Yeah, because back then, like something must have tagged my site. I had a picture. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything about you know, black doctor on my website. I didn't say anything about skin of color, ethnic right. skin. It was pretty generic, yet I was getting all this traffic. And I was like, wow, people want this, you know? So What year was know, this? I, this was probably um, 2004. Okay. Four or five, maybe. Okay. Because, you know, and, I was thinking, I was like, if they associated you with the soft and beautiful brand, then maybe, but that was later. It was later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had it up for a while, but then it became more of a business. It was like a little hobby. And I was like, this is great. You know, I'm helping connect people. And I just didn't, it, it became a lot to do. Yes. And as my, my brick and mortar practice grew, I just put it aside because I was just like, I need to figure out mm -hmm. running this practice. And so, but I, I still get those calls. I still have people come in who didn't go find a doctor for years and their hair's gone yeah. because they couldn't find a black doctor and that's what they wanted. Right. And so I think that, you know, we know that there's a, a big issue in the, the country with like health disparities sure. and, and, um, workforce issues. And right. I think in the times they were saying that, uh, specifically, uh, black men do better with black male doctors. Mm. There's just been a lot of stories about that. So I decided to relaunch it. You know, that's good. And I, you know, yeah, yeah. The other thing to think about too, you know, you think of a dermatologist. Most people just think about skin, but hair is a big part of that. And I know just from my family's experience and friends, typically when they're looking for a black derm, it's because they want to talk about hair. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. My hair practice is huge. Yeah. Um, and that is a big part of it too, because, you know, as you know, from, mm -hmm. you know, working with right. Alberto Culver on the hair, the culture, you know, hair, culture, style, right. that's one of the things I learned mm -hmm. from you and from, from that, that, that campaign that, um, 
specifically black women's style right. is very important and style will affect the health of right. your hair and the things you do and and uh, mm -hmm. grooming affects affects you know the health right. of your hair so awesome yes, very important and someone has to understand yes, that absolutely Well, Dina, is there anything else you'd like to add for folks out there? Um, maybe even for just cutting through all the fakery that's online when it comes to doctors. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd say if you're looking for a doctor, make sure you're seeing a doctor, as in a physician, an MD or a DO. Make sure they are board certified in the specialty that you are looking for. For example, I am a board certified dermatologist, but it would not be illegal for me to open up a practice as a surgeon wow. and say that I'm like a general surgeon. I wouldn't get hospital privileges probably <laughs> anywhere, but it's not legal. So people will say I'm a board certified doctor. If they just say I'm a board certified doctor, ask them what mm -hmm. kind of doctor what kind of board certified doctor? And is that is that what you want to see? Do you want to see a pathologist, someone who's a board certified pathologist? Pathologists, their patients, when they're training, was, were corpses, <laughs> dead people. Not quite <laughs> so, patients. But they can, they're doctors, <laughs> exactly, they're doctors, so they could go open up a, you know, a yeah. clinic and, and do certain things. So you just want to make sure. I'd say those are the wow. main things. <laughs> I'm just blown away. That That is deep, that is deep, you know? You see MD and you, you trust that what they're saying they do is what they do. And to find out that they don't do that part, but they do something else, but they're out there selling that part, it's scary. Yes, it is. <laughs> so where can we find you online, Dr. Dina? Well, you can find me a number of places on social media. You can follow me at Dr. Dina MD, and that's D-R-D-I-N-A-M-D. You can visit my website, drdinamd.com. And then you can visit my practice website at glowdermatology.com. That's A-G-L-O-W, dermatology.com. Awesome. And let's see, um, for all of those folks that can't wait for findablackdoctor.com, what's the time frame on that? Um, probably in a, in a couple of months. We should, oh, good. We should have it out. You know? Oh, um, good. Yeah. We'll, we'll have an app. You're going to have an app. I would love to have, a, have an app on my phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can go to the drdinamd.com site mm -hmm. and just send me a message that they want to be on the mailing list when it launches. If when they're awesome. listening to this podcast, it's not out yet. Okay. And where can folks find your book? Give us the name of it again and tell us where to go, especially for those that are thinking about private practice and, and building their own business. I mean, that's entrepreneurship. Yes, it sure is. They can find it on Amazon um, and it's Moxie Mindset, Secrets to Building a Profitable Independent Physicians Practice in a Competitive Market. Fantastic. Dr. Dina, I am so excited. And you know what? I'm coming back to New York probably this month. Yay. We are going to connect and we're going to have a drink, okay? Yay, I look forward to it. Yay. <laughs> I miss you. Miss you. You take care, okay? All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was enlightening. I know one thing, I'm going to triple check the next time I'm looking for a new doctor. All right, coming up next, we're going to have pet industry maven and entrepreneurial 
genius, Bella Vasta, on the next episode of the Culture Soup Podcast. In the meantime, make sure that you go by lmichellesmith.com slash coaching so that you can find out about my coaching services. And don't forget about the Coaching Corner, which is the new Culture Soup episode airing every second Tuesday each month. Also, if you want to catch me doing my coaching thing, I will be at the Lead 360 Atlanta Combine, June 6th and 7th. I'll be keynoting on communicating like a boss. And no, we're not talking about PR. We're talking about interpersonal communications that drives leadership. I'll also be on a women's executive forum. You'll also find me at Black Enterprise Forward, which used to be called the Black Enterprise Entrepreneurial Summit. In North Carolina, June 19th through the 22nd, I will be coaching by appointment only on June 20th and 21st. All right, y'all. Find us online at theculturesoup.com and on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next time, see you next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.